The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you all with us, but I'm even more excited for our guest today. He's the CEO of Greenlight Equity Group, Mr. Tate Seamer. Tate, thanks for joining us today. How are you, sir? Dude, it's I'm great, Cody. Thank you. It's so good to be with you. Yeah, listen, pleasure is literally all mine. I, I know we've bumped elbows a couple of times in some virtual networking groups, so I, I'm super happy to have you on here. Love the stuff that you put out there. We'll hit it at the end so everyone can find it, but absolutely, folks, if you're not following Tate and some of the stuff he's putting out there, you, you got to go check it out. Just in case, though, Tate, for those that are maybe hearing your voice, seeing your face for the first time, give us your origin story, really where you're from, mm-hmm. how you got into real estate and what you find yourself doing these days. Yeah. So originally a suburb of Cincinnati kind of guy went to the, went to public schools and swim team and church youth group and all that stuff growing up in Cincinnati. And then I uh, went to all guys, Catholic high school there, went to college in Ohio and uh, graduated, did a little bit of sales work after school, not really knowing what I wanted to do, not really having much direction at all, and decided to move out west and ski for a year in the Rockies and moved to Salt Lake City and have never left 22 years later. Love it here, and this is definitely my home now. I spend a lot of time skiing, a lot of time mountain biking, and As far as real estate goes, I started in the single family world in 2006 as an investor and eventually got my real estate license and did single family stuff for a long time and joined up with my partner, my current partner, Carl York. In 2012, we started really getting busy flipping houses and then we did that for about five, six years and decided that we weren't doing very well and we needed to scale and we needed to kind of diversify into some other types of projects. So we took on uh, some land entitlement deals and where we would buy you know, lots and raw land and tear down projects and entitle them for townhomes and high density projects and then sell them to developers without breaking ground. We've done that a few times. We've done, we, we got into some small multifamily projects, some, some full renovation value add type stabilization projects, which really got us into the lane that we're in now. But in the meantime, in 2018, we, we got into some new build luxury townhomes in downtown Salt Lake city, million dollar plus townhomes. And and, the, and those were like the unsuccess part of this whole story, right? We'll, okay. we'll get into a little bit more. But um, in the meantime, we've since since those projects, we've gotten into large scale multifamily. We own seven communities in Columbus, Ohio and Oklahoma City, 572 doors and are really in that lane now. We're not building anything at this point at all. And we don't consider ourselves developers. We consider ourselves multifamily acquisition specialist. So, man, I absolutely love it. And, and I love kind of how the, the journey had a couple of twists and turns in there. I'd say all the time, you don't have to come from real estate. Everyone's got a different journey. Some people come from real estate. Some people come from single family. Some people jump directly into multifamily. Uh, yep. Some people 
specialize in other asset classes in the real estate kind of umbrella, if you will. As yeah. long as you have the time, the effort, and the ability to learn, you can get in at any time. So Tate, I love the origin story. Thank you for sharing. Also, you reminded me, sorry about your Bengals. I was really hoping they had <laughs> they had some of my favorite college players on there. So I, I was kind of pulled for them. I didn't have a dog in the yeah. fight. My Niners lost in the in the NFC playoffs, but yeah, man, I'm uh, sorry. I'm no, I know that stings. Yeah, it hurt. It still hurts. Yeah, it still hurts. <laughs> it's still it's still a raw wound. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, tell us, you mentioned it in your origin story. We'd love to unpack a little bit around kind of your own success stories and, and hear what we can learn from what you've done in your career and hopefully maybe avoid for some of our audience. Yeah, you bet. So I'm just going to get really real with your audience and you for a second and tell you that I think in general, that single family flipping is, it's a tough, speculative, risky paycheck. And it's nothing more than that. You're not building wealth. You're not building cash flow. You're not building your balance sheet. Uh, you're building your resume, but you're not, that's about it. Now, if you are doing that and holding on to those properties and keeping them as rentals, that's a different story. That's, mm-hmm. I'm all in on that. That's, you know, you're building your, ba- I'm not, it's single family and I'm not as big a fan of single family as I am a multifamily these days, but nonetheless, you are building a balance sheet, you're building wealth, you're building cash flow when you buy and hold. So having flipped a lot of houses, I'll just say that I would take any of them back at this point in Salt Lake City because they'd be game changers right now. The way the growth that we've been through and the appreciation cycle that we just went through. And then, you know, our new builds that we did, we were just really like, we, you know, we had big dollar signs in our eyes and we had somebody come along that we thought would be a good mentor for us that we thought we could trust and was going to kind of hold our hands through these projects. And that didn't end up happening. And what we found is that when you take on a development project, a a new build project that involves getting permits and everything else that there's so many moving parts when and then when you break ground you're in, you're introducing hundreds and hundreds of other moving parts that if you don't have the right quarterback to use our football analogy and what i mean by the quarterback is the builder the builder that you hire if you don't have that if that piece isn't right you're you're hosed and we about 6 months into our projects we realized that we were with the wrong firm for building the projects that we were working on. And they just were on, on many different levels, not the right people. And I don't want to get too, too much into like trashing somebody, but sure. let's just say there was a lot of dishonesty. There was a lot of negligence, uh, a lot of absence from the job site, a lot of absence of supervision of, of subs and, and things like one example is the toilet flanged in one of these uh, basements came up in the middle of a bedroom instead of in the middle of the bathroom where it should have been uh, little things like that, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that would be a problem like yeah. in, the, in the middle of a bedroom instead of yeah. the bathroom. Just, yeah. Okay. Just, you know, just re- and a lot of things like that, like sure. lots and lots of things. And we, you know, long story short, it took two and a half years to build them, which is twice as long as it should have taken as a result of kind of all the things that went sideways. We ended up having to fire that builder 
and hire a new one. And one of the things that we found is that it, especially in Salt Lake City during this time, during this boom, it was really hard to find good builders that are willing to take on small projects like a three townhome development or a six townhome development. And with the second builder that we ended up with, quite frankly, wasn't a whole lot better than the first. So we just didn't ever have the, a real, like, you know, you know, a really effective GC at the helm on these jobs. And, and we lost a lot of money on them, quite frankly. And, you know, it was professionally is the hardest thing I've ever been through because it was so long. It was such a long process. And it was one of those things within six to 10 months of breaking ground, we knew that we were in a hole and we knew it was going to be tough to, to see ourselves out of it. And that's, that's hard because you're going to work every day, working as hard as you can, knowing that you're likely working for a loss. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's a tough position to be in. And, you know, there were some really dark days between my partner and me, we were good together as far as our relationship, but he didn't have quite as many, like what I would call coping skills or like professional personal development skills that I've kind of worked on over the years. And that allowed me to deal with the adversity in in a more, let's say productive way, I guess, sure. uh, than, than him at certain points, but it, for both of us, we grew a lot. We learned a lot. The biggest lesson for me, quite frankly, in all of it was learning how to have faith that things would, would work out. Mm -hmm. And so I had to exercise that muscle a whole lot and had to remind myself that things almost always work out in my life and, and that the universe or God or whatever, however you want to, you know, contextualize higher power, like has my back and really believe that. And, and that's what kind of what got us through, I think. And we're still dealing with the fallout, so to speak of it. It was, you know, it ended, we sold our last of the, of the townhomes almost exactly a year ago. So we're still kind of cleaning up the process. We've got some great projects going on right now. And we've done some really good projects since then and we're on the right track, but it was a, a pretty seismic impact that it made on our business. Well, and, I, and as you mentioned in your origin story, I mean, this wasn't your first rodeo in, in real estate, maybe from ground up development, yep. a little bit different, but you had experience, you'd been in the realm before. So tell me, looking back now, if you can, the, the things that you learn kind of through the process and after the fact, were there any red flags or kind of telltale signs going through the process, finding the, the contractor that looking back, you go, mm, that was a little bit more of a red flag than I gave it credit for. The red flag should have started for me when I started looking at the underwriting. And had I looked at a lot of other projects like this and understood the intricacies of the underwriting that, that, the, that was provided to us by the, by the seller who we bought it from, I would have seen things in there that I, that would have been red flags and that, that in and of itself is, you know, you know, when you're doing stuff like this, there's a whole lot that you don't know that you don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's really what hurts you in the end, unfortunately. And there's, unfortunately there's without having a really good mentor or partner or somebody 
in like right next to you holding your hand or or helping you out and and like cueing you into some of these things you're you might miss them and and you probably will and so we yeah we, we you know we did due diligence on the builder that was recommended to us and we you know thought we we had the right group and we didn't and it's really one of the it's really a situation of just not enough experience in that particular lane you know we had all kinds of single family experience and some multifamily experience and even some land entitlement but when it comes to breaking ground and managing subs and uh, you know the, all the things that go along with that we, totally we just didn't animal. have enough experience yeah yeah listen it, it's interesting that you're telling this story uh, my partner and i were talking about this yesterday around the idea that so he has a huge construction background had a very successful construction company for 15 years and the idea of hiring a, a, a contractor is so challenging We've, I've heard stories from other people on here. He's told me that he knew pretty successful contractors in his field that that were barely hanging on, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it takes a very special contractor that is not only good at what they do, but also a good business person that runs a good operation that puts out good quality stuff. And it's a, it's a diamond in the rough when you find them and it's unfortunate. And to your point, if you don't have somebody on your team or a partner that you're you're working with that can help you with that and guide you along and help you look out for those sort of things, which I am so fortunate to have my partner who understands that stuff, you will get burned eventually. Maybe not on your first one, maybe not on your second one, but you will because you just you don't have that expertise yet. Yeah. So yep, I well said. I can't imagine having to go through that. I can, you know, and I can still hear it in your voice on you know, kind of the, the pain that I'm sure it, it, the amount of pain it caused you during that time period and, and having to deal with that. And I'm sure it was honestly challenging on a daily hourly basis. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a dark, dark cloud and it was an everyday thing and every night thing. Like when you're in one of those, like there's nowhere to go to escape it. Like you can, <laughs> you know, you're, you're in it and you got to deal with it and it's not fun. You, you know, the whole adage of that, that what, which doesn't kill you makes you better, stronger is, you know, it, it, I think that's a choice ultimately that you make. If, if it's going to make you better or stronger, you have to choose that. It's not a given. And so I just was, you know, I was doing my podcast through the whole thing. I was doing meetup groups hosting meetup groups through the whole thing. Like everything else that I was doing was moving us forward and was mm-hmm. forward thinking and was steering from the captain's quarters, kind of turning the ship around. Right. And so that, that was what was key was getting, especially get like getting the next deal. We got mm-hmm. a 20 unit deal that we've made that we're under contract to sell that we renovated and we're going to make over a million dollars on that deal. And in, in itself has we sold a piece of land off that deal that produced cash. Like it, it really has been like the, the lifeline back to good, doing good business. And that deal came, it came about as a result of showing the townhomes to another agent who we were trying to sell them kind of halfway through the process at one point. And 
this agent came over and he's like, we started talking apartments and he said, yeah, I've got a 20 unit that we're trying to sell right now. You ought to come look at it. So, you know, had it not been the disaster that we were in at the time, we wouldn't have found the next way out either. So, well, and I, and I love, and, and I think the big lesson for me, at least my big takeaway is you went through all that struggle. You went through all that failure, if you will, you still are in real estate. You're still finding solutions. You leverage that as a jumping off point, not a failure, but a learning lesson to in a jumping off point to do the next great thing. And you're still in real estate. That's how much you believe in yourself and what you're doing uh, for yourself, your investors. I'm sure uh, you're out there still going and you're thriving. So I, yeah. I absolutely love it. Tate, that's probably as good enough spot as ever to, to wrap up. I, I honestly sure. applaud you and thank you for coming on and being so open and honest. I know that's challenging for a lot of people. And, and I really appreciate you doing it for those that want to work with you, invest with you, learn from you. Where's the best place people can find you at? Just go to investwithgreenlight.com, investwithgreenlight.com. You can reach me there. You, uh, you can find our, our contact info there. You can book an appointment with me there to get on Zoom and powwow and brainstorm your business. I love doing that. No strings attached. That's an open offer to anyone. And yeah, that's really the best way to reach me. I have a, a podcast called the apartment guys podcast that you can also listen to. Absolutely. We'll drop all that in the show notes for everyone to quickly access it. Uh, again, Tate, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I really appreciate it, sir. That was my pleasure, Cody. Thank you. Absolutely. And hey, thanks yeah. everyone for listening and joining at home. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.